Hi, my name is Pete Scazzaro, and I want to welcome you today to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. And my theme is called, What Season Are You In? What season are you in? And actually, this theme flows uh, naturally out of the last two we've talked about in these podcasts, limits and grieving. And I almost put easily this one into those two because it's a question that comes up repeatedly. And at its core, it's a biblical question, but actually it's an applied one into our everyday life. So let me begin to unpack it because I, my, my hope and prayer is you're going to leave this podcast with a uh, an additional paradigm or way of looking at your leadership and a way of looking at your life uh, that will help you discern and follow Christ in it. You know, there's no one paradigm or one way of looking at the Christian life that encompasses all of it. That's why it's important to, as we grow and mature, we have a variety of ways of understanding what it is that's happening in our life. There is no human language that can capture all of it. And part of growing and maturing in Christ is is looking at our lives through different lenses. So one great biblical lens is this issue of seasons. My life is a season. My leadership is a season. My organizational uh trajectory that I'm leading as, as a season. So there are many pe- images that people use as they think of, of life. You know, life is like a, a box of chocolate. Life is like a box of chocolates. You know, it's a game of chance. Some win, some lose. Um, you never know what you're going to get. It's kind of this fatalism uh, or, or I'll try to beat the odds. Another common one is, you know, life's a battle. You know, it's, it's warfare. You get the enemy or the enemy is going to get you. And so you always get this feeling of you're under siege uh, it can often produce a paranoia, us versus them, but it's got some truth in it. Or life is dog eat dog. It's competitive, whether it's school, job, sports, often leads to burnout. Uh, or another metaphor is, is used so commonly today is is it's like manufacturing. We, we grow our life. We, we, we make life. We make friends. We make time. We make money. We make a living. People are resources, you know, human resources. And and it's another kind of this, I'm going to fix it and, and build it. And, and uh, you know, it's more, but really manufacturing is better for machines than people. But the dominant biblical image for our lives is, is actually one of agriculture. It's farming. It's, it's nature. It's seasons. You know, think of all the parables of Jesus. So we're in the sea, the wheat and the weeds, the mustard seed, the harvest. I mean, Ecclesiastes 3 is probably the classic verse of uh, there's a, you know, the author says there's a time and a season for everything under heaven. It's a great image. There's a time and a season for everything under heaven. And then he begins to give a list, a time to be born, a time to die, you know, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, you know, time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, a time to gather them, a time to embrace a time to refrain, a time to search, a time to give up, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to mend, a time to be silent, a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And the image there is God's in complete control. Now, if you're young uh, listening to this podcast, that's a hard text to absorb uh, because seasons, it's God who's gotten control. You do not. But it's a very grown-up way to look at life because uh, you get perspective. It helps you relax. It gives you patience and gives you wisdom. It speaks to the reality of life and 
that we never finish. We're on a journey that never ends in this life. Uh, but it also embraces the richness and the complexity of all of life. And it doesn't deny uh, reality, whether it's struggles or joy or losses or gains, darkness, light. It, it encourages us to embrace it all and, and finds in everything an opportunity uh, for growth. But another thing, that, one of the great thing about this season metaphor is that it grounds us. It, it anchors us. It stops us. Because we so often want to be, in, we want we want to be in charge, and we're rushing headlong into things that our ego wants. Yet the seasons, what season are you in? That metaphor of Ecclesiastes three says, no, there are seasons that you cannot control, uh, and there's a cycle that God's running, and you're dependent on that cycle, and you can fight it all you want, but spring or winter or summer, it fall, it's coming. And uh, just think of the life of Jesus as seasons. I mean, for the first 30 years, uh, he was dormant. I mean, we know very little about his life. He was he was anonymous. He was hidden. Uh, and then we see him going into the wilderness, you know, full winter, 40 days, uh, where he's saying no to everything. And then he then, then that season ends and he bursts on the scene when the, when the father indicates and and boom, a riot of activity, tremendous fruitfulness, and he's abundantly fruitful. And, and then he moves into, into a season of, of suffering and, and the cross, and, and, and he drinks the cup of suffering, a, a judgment of God's wrath for the human race, and, you know, disciples leaving him, and, and then again, the resurrection and spring and, uh, and ascension. One of the great verses found in, in Scripture is found in First Chronicles 12, and where it speaks about the men of Issachar who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Talk about good leadership. The men of Issachar knew the times and knew, they understood the times and knew what Israel should do. There's anything uh, that is a marker of great leadership is understanding what, what, what's the times, what's happening, and what is it, Lord, that we should do? And I like when David prays in Psalm 31, verse 15, my times are in your hands. My times, my seasons are in your hands. So let, let me just take a few minutes and let me break down the, the four seasons and our typical four seasons and how they impact discernment. So let me just kind of go through them each first. I think of fall with me, okay, first. You know, fall is a transition time. It's a, it's a preparing for winter. And it's a great time of preparation for plants and animals. They're getting ready for the hardest time of the year. Uh, they, they know hard time is coming. So trees shed their leaves, for example, in the fall and the autumn to protect themselves from the frost and snow that's coming in winter. And uh, once a tree is leafless, its living interior is sealed off behind a protective bark and it's getting ready for cold weather. But the fall, is, it's, a, it's a time of decline, but it's a time also of great beauty. The days are shorter. Uh, summer's abundance is, is, decay, is going down. And it's a, it's a dying and a seeding time and because an inevitable winter showing up. And nature is scattering seeds that will bring new growth in the spring. But it's a transition time. And some of you may be in the fall right now. You're in a transition. So some things are dying uh, and other things are coming. But then there's winter. Winter is, 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 is a demanding season. It's, it's about death. It falls about transition. Winter is about death. Uh, in winter, few animals are stirring 
plants are not visibly growing. Nature feels like, gosh, you know, it's an enemy. But yet the, the winter has, has gifts in it. I mean, you, you, you can see so clearly, utter clarity. The sky is clear. The trees are bare. Uh, it kind of clears the landscape, sometimes even brutally. And we get to see ourselves and see life clearly. You know, Hosea 6 says in verse 3, God will come to us like the winter rains. And God comes not just in the fall, in transition, God comes in the winter. And then there's spring, and spring is a season of fruitfulness. You know, it begins slowly, right? The small tender roots begin to come from the ground. Days get longer, gets warmer. Green starts to slowly emerge. By late spring, it's it's really quite flamboyant. It's like, it's, it's like beautiful. And then you hit summer of abundance. You know, summer is a time of plenty. The forests are filled with growth of fields and wheat and corn and all the promises of fall and winter and spring come true uh, in the summer. In fact, at summer, it's even hard to remember the winter. Uh, we, the, the fact that we would think that the winter death would have it the last word and because uh, it's all about new life. And you think of Jesus, you know, his life, right? You can see, you can see a, the fall and, you know, think of a baptism or you think of winter of death, you think of spring and su- suffering and resurrection. But we often don't discern the seasons. Um, and I think younger leaders in particular, and I sure was one, um, uh, I wanted spring all the time. Uh, I still want spring all the time, but uh, especially when I was in my 20s and 30s and leading. I, I once saw a sign, uh, a church sign that said revival, you know, always in revival. And I thought, that is not true. That is not possible. But I wanted revival 24-7 at the church I pastored for 26 years you know, revival, 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 demanding the glory of summer and spring without the autumn and winter. Uh, the problem is you end up having to artificially make uh, uh, fruit. You got to artificially make a spring. Uh, and uh, because when you try to make something happen, that's not the season, it ends up being fake. And I, boy, I mean, I, I, I couldn't help with, I thought about this topic. I thought, oh my gosh. I was, uh, our church was probably a few years old, four or five years old. It was, it was really, there was a lot of fruit. It looked, uh, seemed like a lot of fruit at the time. Let me say it that way. And one of my most foolish mistakes was wanting it to just, you know, we were growing rapidly, but we did not have a solid foundation for this growth. And, uh, Made a long story short, I, I we started an internship for twelve people. Uh, some we're able to raise some money at twelve full time people as interns, and uh, the the goal was that we would just keep expanding, and in a year they'd be leaders, and we'd multiply and plant churches, and uh, it was one of the most foolish things I ever did, uh, because I tried to grow the thing quickly. Uh, and it was a complete flop because you can't just have spring, spring, spring. Uh, we needed to go through winters and uh, some fall and, and deal with uh, really building leadership, uh, building a foundation, building a church, not a crowd. And uh, it was a colossal flop. It was foolish. But it really came out of a bad theology. I did not understand the seasons. I, I I made rapid hires along the way because I didn't want to I didn't want to sit in the season of winter as we did even the process of discerning the right hires we need to make. I wanted to rush that. And starting initiatives quickly 
because I didn't discern the seasons. I, I, I can just start giving you example after example. Then afterwards, I mean, I'm talking a couple of years later, I said to myself, why did I do that? And it was very simple because I did not want to live in fall and winter. I, I, I was in fall. I didn't want winter to approach. And uh, I just wanted spring, spring, spring. But the problem is that, you know, even the seeds of our true selves that are planted in us, uh, it takes time and seasons for those seeds to emerge. And so you can be sure you are going to go through some difficult times because those seeds have to mature and they do need a fall, winter to come into spring, summer. Uh, that's what that's the fruition of seeds is difficult. This takes time. It's called transformation. True spiritual growth can't happen without seasons. Uh, that's that's the point. It just cannot happen without seasons. I'm really sorry to tell you that, but it is just it is true. And so the question is, let me start with is what season are you in? I mean, personally, what, what's God doing? And uh, again, there's in there's times of inward work where God has you doing that. Uh, inward work, and how long is that season? How love along God wants. Uh, again, the, the longer a season of, of say, a winter, the, the deeper work God's doing for something larger later. And again, you got to see your life in the larger sphere of of your entire lifetime and eternity. And uh, again, I, I did not want an inward journey, and so I kept expanding outwardly. And it was so interesting because I thought, I, you know, I, I'm a visionary and I had a vision for what God was going to do, you know, through new life for years. And God just kept seeming to be taking me into winter. And this, and I was like, why? Okay, we did this enough, God. And then it was another phase of, of an inward journey. I think of 1994, this inward journey began in 1996 from the six, seven years. Then it was a whole monastic slow down spirituality in 2003. And then it was deeper. And I started writing. Then it was succession. And I just, it was just so interesting because I, 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 I people would come to me with these, you know, visions and prayer and dreams. Like, Pete, I see crowds lining up at the door and they can't get, they can't get in. And, and, I, and I realized, oh, that may be true after I die, you know, that may be another season. But right now, I just have to having to respond to the season God was doing in me personally and following it. And I just, I finally, you know, got it that don't fight it. It's not worth it. And the place of joy is to be right in the season God wants you to be in. Uh, and I can apply to, you know, every, you know, so many different areas I, I, of my life. I remember we went into a building program. Um, and uh, if you've ever been involved in something like that, raising money, buying a building, it's it's a very challenging season. It's not a season your church is going to have a great growth. People don't like going to a church that's raising money to buy a building because it's consuming, especially your first building. It, it's, it's one of those make or break moments in your history. But it, it, it's a... It's not a season of adding a lot of people. And I remember, and ours lasted about five years, and I just remember uh, the challenge of that, being able to accept the season, because I was less mature then. Uh, and uh, and even just as I began to get into this inner work of emotionally healthy discipleship and looking at my family of origin and how it impacted me, I started to do something called feel and started to grieve and started to journal and write that what's going on inside of me. This was all new. And then I... I find I was I wanted like in three days to be done. I'm like I I I I had a um a grieve and beginning to feel about and think about my past and do some work on my history, and uh, keep saying to God like this this is like deep. This is am I going to come out of this thing? And 
And uh, I, I finally just leaned into it for as long as God had for it. And I just remember just, and then eventually coming out of it, uh, different different aspects of it. But I had to be willing to say, okay, God, until you're done, I'm going to let this, you know, come out. And I were journaling with my family and filling a couple of journals. Uh, and then, you know, it was kind of, it was, then it was over. And uh, families have seasons, right? I mean, you know, you have small children, that's a season of life. If you've got teenage children, that's a season. If they leave home, that's a season, right? Uh, uh, your parents are aging. That that's a season. Maybe you're taking care of your parents, and there, there's times of financial struggle, tightening, uh, and there's times of prosperity. You're probably saying, hopefully, uh, there's a time to study. I mean, I, again, I Billy Graham. One of his greatest regrets uh, was that he did not take the time to study. Uh, his family was also another regret, but his, the studying. I, I heard him speak twice when. Uh, many, many years ago at Urbana, and, and he said at both times that he wished he had studied and didn't just go preaching all over the world so quickly. And it's um, so a great, he, he missed the season for himself. And here he was in his 80s and 90s still talking about it. You know, Henry Kissinger, I read, I read his memoirs years ago, and I never forgot when he said that uh, when he became Secretary of State, he was so busy that there was no more time to do really a lot of reading and reflection, the kind that he was able to do before he entered that time of intense responsibility. And so you see, you don't know what's coming. God does. And so this discernment of personally, what season are you in and what's God's invitation to you? I, pastors often come to me and ask me about sabbaticals. You know, how do you do a sabbatical? How do you, how do you get the time and energy? And I, I think part of the sabbatical issue is seasons. The reason many people don't take it is because they don't understand this issue of seasons, That and it's a tragedy. Again, there's a biblical principle of once every seven years, uh, the, the land was to lie fallow. Uh, the ground in Israel, they were not to plant it or plow it because God would be re, you know, re putting nutrients back into the soil. Well, in the same way, you need seasons in, in a larger scale to, 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 to rest your soil. Now, the question is, what is that season? And I've actually had three sabbaticals, and by God's grace, next year I'm going to do another one, uh, a fourth, because it's not that I'm burnt out, it's not that I'm exhausted, it's it's the seasons and rhythms of, that I need for my life. But if you're tired and you realize I just I need to step back, uh, you got to get some get some wise counsel and discernment. Is this a season God has for me? And um, because to, to miss that season and keep going, 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 and you find yourself, something's just out of whack. And uh, I think it's one of the greatest reasons so often leaders don't take the extended time they need uh, for prayer and study and rest and delight and all that. But in, in my own experience, even when we're in a, you know, some of you may be in autumn, which is, you know, things are, you're in transition. It seems like things are declining, but actually seeds are being planted and there's losses, but, uh, I want to encourage you and invite you that very often possibilities are being planted for a new season. You know, a road closed sign is often uh, turns it's a or a job you lost, for example. It's it's because God's got another road for you to go down here. Even like depression can sometimes be a wonderful gift because it's something of is trying to break forth from your soil. Something new is seeking to come forth, and depression is kind of is, is actually can be a great gift. Uh, in our inward winters, things like failures and betrayals and depressions and deaths. One of my favorite sayings is by Parker Palmer, uh, where he says, "The winters in Minnesota." He's writing about Minnesota. Will drive you crazy until you get into them. But once you get into them, they don't. 
And there are lonely seasons we walk through personally as well. And I think of Jesus in Gethsemane. Uh, there are relationships, even on a personal level, that that end, ministries that end, um, and on a personal level. And, and it's just, it's few things last forever. And, and what, what, so interesting, on a personal level, I meet people that you're in a season of spring and summer with this great abundance and, and joy and good things happening, and then you feel guilty about that because uh, I'm not allowed to, to, to experience such abundance and pleasure. So again, let, let me just invite you on, on a personal level to, as you think about your life right now, where are you? Uh, and as you plan out your time, even right now, uh, we have a, a summit in 10 days from now, and people are coming from around the world to our uh, location here in New York City, and it's 10 days away, and Jerry and I were just talking about it yesterday, and she says, Pete, uh, we need to make sure we clear everything out of our calendar. So actually, I'm doing this podcast, clearing everything out for the next 10 days, and because we want to have clear space and a fertile, you know, a mind that's just able to receive and don't want to be thinking about anything else, and so getting, I'm getting ahead of this podcast, you know, for that week. And uh, so, again, I want to invite you to slow down, you know, slow down. Uh, and, again, that's why uh, you want to dig into emotionally healthy discipleship. You're going to learn about daily offices and rhythms and stillness and silence and kind of a foundation of all this material of uh, seasons. I'm not talking about seasons specifically, but the foundation of discipleship needed to actually be discerning. And so uh, pick up our emotionally healthy discipleship kit for leaders. Get trained. And dig dig into that material, but let me let me pull out for a moment. It's not just on a personal level, but now I want to talk about your leadership and how and the people that you manage, the people that you're actually leading. They are going through seasons, and a great uh, author named Irvin Yalom, who was a great psychotherapist who specialized in groups, and he had a great line that I wrote down many years ago uh, that. Because I, I didn't want, I wanted to not forget it. And he said this: "All groups hate to die." This was his, he was the global expert at the time on groups. He says, "All groups hate to die." That includes ministry initiatives. That includes small groups. Uh, that includes your role right now. In other words, there's seasons, and and do you understand everything? dies. I mean, everything ends except for God, okay, and, and Scripture, and we'll live forever with them. But the way li- life is going right now, you can't hold on to it. Uh, God's permanent. We're not. But um, those you lead have their own challenge of letting go and going into a new season. And part of good leadership is the wisdom to be looking at a person and helping them discern and follow the season that they're in. I mean, they may be in dark nights. They may be in, you know, winters and I mean, people go through divorces and cancers or getting through prosperities. I meet someone when I meet someone who's who's, you know, very accomplished or famous or blessed or rich or whatever. And I, my concern is always they may be flying high right now, but I know that they're they're going to hit winter. And my concern is them being grounded. And so I don't want to ever judge or impose my season on another person. I want to be sensitive. At the same time, I want to be aware with them of the season they're in. And then you've got the whole ministry that you lead or the nonprofit organization that you lead um, because that's in a season. And so it's not just discerning it personally and not just helping discern it for other people that you're leading so that you're not inflicting on them damage versus the season that they're in, but also the very ministry or, or, or work that you're involved in. 
what season is it in? And again, I, as I said earlier, I, as I grow older, I am much, I, 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 don't, I don't judge other people's season. I'm very sensitive not to impose my season on theirs. And there, I recognize there are seasons in church life. And uh, so I, it used to be this, this statistic people used to say at church growth conferences that when you get your Easter attendance, that will tell you what size you should be at a year from now. And that was a rule of thumb that I was taught very early on. I mean, that was a that was a very heavy yoke. It was a very heavy yoke, and definitely an unbiblical one. Because again, what season are you? And I think of Jesus. Uh, great crowds followed him in John chapter six. The crowds left him, and even the twelve were thinking about leaving him. Uh, you know, Jesus was not impressed with with the Palm Sunday crowds when they said Hosanna because he knew they were all going to dissipate uh, a week later. And so, again, part, and you may be in a season of organizational integrity and, you know, what it's going to work to build that for the long term. It's not a time of massive expansion. And it's okay. So, again, what season is the ministry you're in right now? Because if you're envying other people that always seem to be in summer, winter, first of all, it's an illusion. Uh, I like Eugene Peterson's term for a lot of us traffic in ecclesiastical pornography, which means we read these stories of leadership books and churches that we think they don't have problems. They're just doing phenomenal all the time. It's like airbrushing. Uh, it's an illusion because there, nobody's in revival all the time. Nobody lives in spring all the time. No church, no ministry, no organization. They all go through seasons the way God has structured life. But you want to follow God's path for your ministry and do his will, not somebody else's. And again, some of us are not very good at this. We don't have a theology for it. And so autumn and winter kills us. I love when... Um, one of my favorite moments in my growing in Christ was my first season of winter. I'll call it a depression that was so hard and deep that I couldn't uh, deny it. And I went to a very wise older man, mentor, told him how depressed I was and was falling apart and all that. And I'll never forget his response. It was two words. And we're on the phone and I was crying or near crying. And I can see myself slumped over at my mother-in-law's house in a ball, talking to him on the phone. It was after Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's. And I pour out my soul and he says two words. He goes, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And I said, what? But he knew I was in a great season. I was in the right season for me. I was in the season that I needed to be in for the thing God wanted to do. So that's why you need friends. You need perhaps spiritual directors, mentors, coaches, whatever you need. You want to find it. Do it. Money is no object. Find them. Uh, folks who can give you some perspective. Uh, and I've always had a, uh, you know, a few folks in my life and uh, that could do that for me. And you want to find those for yourself. And thank you for listening to the podcast. God bless you. Hey, listen, God is an absolutely and infinitely perfect being. Uh, he is good. He is great. He's infinite beyond our comprehension. If you could comprehend God, do you realize he wouldn't be God? Uh, and he's so worthy uh, to be sovereign in the Lord, uh, to control the seasons. His wisdom, his power, his holiness, he's infinitely good. He, he really is qualified to govern the world in the best way. Uh, you're not, I'm not. 
and his plans can't be frustrated. I mean, his counsel shall stand. And, uh, you know, when God shuts a door, no one's going to open it. When God opens a door, no one's going to shut it. And when God stretches out his hand, no one's going to stop it. The seasons give us hope. Gives me hope. Hope it gives you hope. Uh, Therefore, don't curse God or despair. Embrace your season. Uh, We all want stability and permanence. Very little is permanent in this life, but we want to cling to him. Uh, But we're not to cling to anything but him. So let me invite you to be faithful in whatever season God has you in. Again, whether it's fall of transition, maybe you're in preparing mode, maybe it's winter, it's death, or it's spring of fruitfulness or summer of abundance. And uh, you want to be faithful. Uh, Don't quit. Uh, Don't get busy. Ignore it. But be faithful. Stick with Jesus and, you know, time with him and scripture and fellowship. And, you know, sometimes even our approach to God will change, but we stay with God. Uh, But you want to come with a sense of expectancy. Uh, You don't see Jesus complaining or despairing. He has the big picture. He knows how it's going to end for the joy set before him. He endures the cross. He knows God's on the throne. He knows Satan is limited. Uh, You're going to see God face to face. Stay with him in these seasons. There is a time and a season for everything under heaven. There's a time to be born and a time to die. Ecclesiastes 3. And here it is again. There's a time and a season for everything under heaven. A time, and he goes on, a time to be born, a time to die. Blah, 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 blah. Whole Ecclesiastes 3. There's a time and a season for everything under heaven is how it starts. And it ends by saying he made everything beautiful in its time. And you know what? The season you're in right now, if you can embrace it, uh, surrender to it, it's beautiful in God's time. It'll bring something out beautiful. So let me invite you again to to, to embrace your season. Go with me to emotionallyhealthy.org. Join us. Uh, I want to invite you to get trained for bringing this kind of material to your church, your ministry, uh, your workplace. Uh, pick up the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship Kit, get trained, and we want to spread a discipleship that deeply changes lives to the world. That is our passion. We pray it becomes your passion because that's the call of Jesus, to make disciples who will make disciples. That's the kind of measurement we want to bring back to the church uh, of what is success. It's doing Jesus' will, his way, in his timing, uh, in his way. God bless you, everybody. It's such a pleasure to be with you. Uh, And again, I look forward to talking to you next week at the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. God bless you.